Just in and so good. Thousands of spring deals at your Nordstrom Rack Store. Save big today on new arrivals from Kate Spade, New York, Nike, Sam Edelman, Free People, and Madewell, starting at only $30. Great brands and great prices on dresses, denim, sandals, designer bags, and more. So rack your look and get first dibs on spring styles you want now from just $30 at your Nordstrom Rack Store. What will you find? Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. We put uh, cups in them. We also oh, depend yeah. on them for our lives, mm-hmm. How? such as people. People <laughs> are in these cabinets. They're tiny people. It's like a little Indian in the cupboard, and they make decisions for us, like <laughs> Betsy DeVos. She's a little Indian in the cupboard making decisions on our education. Say hello, Betsy. Hey, let me out of the closet. <laughs> See, we all need cabinets. <laughs> Betsy's been locked in this cabinet for hours. She can't breathe. Get me out of the closet. <laughs> okay, we're going to close the cabinet now. But don't we all just love cabinets? Now, I am not familiar with what the shit show is going on right now with the American cabinet. But I know that we we open up our cabinet and there's a lot of people screaming, okay? There's a lot of Indians in the screaming. Real actual Native Americans are screaming because there's a pipeline or something. But um, I'm having a great time watching these people scream. So, okay, everyone, thank you. And this is the private side of cabinets. Hi, Amber. Hello. How Amber, are you doing? we miss you. Hell yeah. I'll, uh, I miss you. Absolutely. I'll be back on Monday, and I'm coming with that microphone for you, too. I seen it just handed it to me. How's life in L.A.? It's great. Um, it's very sunny, except for today it's like a touch cold. And, like, whenever it dips down below 60 degrees, everybody's, like, freaks out. Like, it's uh, the apocalypse. Hell yeah. <laughs> um, which you can still walk outside in a T-shirt. It's totally fine. Badass. Well, we miss you so much, and I'll see you next week and. uh We'll, uh, we'll we'll be in touch. You keep okay, it. Okay, I'll you see keep, you next week. You stay awesome, Amber. We miss you. Bye, Thank Amber. You. I miss you guys. Bye, bye. Love you. Miss you. Bye. Welcome <laughs> to the brighter side. <laughs> Hello. How are you? I miss you guys. 
We all miss you. We miss Amber doing those cold opens, too. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's her bread and butter. Yeah. Go, 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 go. Go, 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 cabinets. Go, 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 swing the door. <laughs> Fucking eat shit from my hairy boom, ass cabinets. Boom, boom. <laughs> How you doing, Cena? Oh, I'm doing great. I miss you. I miss, I miss you Mary. Too. I miss Mary, doing the show. Mary, hello. Hello. How are you? How is your cabinet situation? Mm, Do they work? They technically work. You got so, a silent so, clothes on your cabinet? Ooh, no, you don't think, you think I'm making New York City silent cabinet type <laughs> money over here at Peace Creek? Something to live for, Mary, something to live for. <laughs> Eddie, how's, how's Los Angeles? It's good to have you back on the East Coast for a minute. It's nice. I had to come back. I got homesick. Yeah. I, I'm not even supposed to be here, but I'm back. And I love everybody. Yeah. It's good to it's good to it's good to be here. We're all happy to have you, buddy. I had sex last night. <laughs> I fucked her good. There you go. Hell yeah. Love you, baby. Yeah. <laughs> now that I'm engaged. Now that I'm engaged, I just pull my pants down and say, please. <laughs> please. And it's just pity. She just pities me. And for Hell any yeah. fans, your girlfriend did post a lovely collage of pictures of you sleeping. Yeah, that's right. In bed for this, Valentine's I day. asked Eddie over email about this, about these sleeping collages. That, a lot of people you'll... have been questioning me about uh, whether or not that it's a good thing or not. Well, I don't know if you're supposed to be able to sleep with your hands interlocked behind your head and like on your back. <laughs> Apparently like I do it. It's unbelievable. Yeah, man. Are you just that relaxed while you're going to bed? I'm like a cartoon fox when yeah. I sleep. <laughs> <laughs> you ever seen uh, Song of the South, that racist <laughs> Disney movie? Yeah. Yeah, I'm just like those guys. <laughs> Whistling while I sleep. There you go. Always dreaming of getting in that briar patch. <laughs> I love Splash Mountain. I went to Disneyland. Oh, my God. Whoa. Yeah, man. Talk about a fucking escapism. Yeah, I was going to say. Holy shit. It the was world wonderful. is burning. You've decided to just remove yourself from reality. Disneyland. <laughs> man, I am such a Does it fuck, hold up? I'm such a sucker. I love it. I, I get giddy. I go on all the slow, stupid children's rides, too. <laughs> like, the ride through the journey of Pinocchio and shit. Did you uh, turn the kids into donkeys? You look like the world's scariest man. On the, <laughs> all the mothers are cool, grabbing their children. Oh man, my girlfriend went back. I almost went back again because I had nothing to do by myself, and I was like, ah, it's too weird. I'm too big. <laughs> Looking for a writer for one. <laughs> Just a single guy. Just a single guy. Yeah. I just love. I love the story of the ride. <laughs> I do though. I love it. Peter Pan's good. They tick you up. Splash Mountain, just what I was talking about with the briar patch. Yeah. Anyway, it don't matter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so the world is, is burning. There is a shock and awe campaign happening. Is it burning, though? No, it's not burning yet. It's more of it's like... It's like the calm before the storm, right? I was describing <laughs> it... I was describing it actually as like, we're right now we're in the eye of the hurricane. Because coming through when he got elected and then, you know, the inauguration, that was like the first wave of the hurricane. And now we're in the eye, which is, I remember when I was a kid growing up in Florida, the eye of the hurricane was like the coolest fucking thing in the world. You know what I'm talking about, oh, yeah. Harry. Because like, it would come through and then, you know, you it would be, it'd be insane, insane, insane for like six hours. And then the eye would come by and you kind of just 
walk outside for a little bit, like walk through the floods and like you see shit all fucked up. And then when the wind starts to pick back up, you go back inside. <laughs> you run back But it's in. real spooky out, you know? And like you can almost hear a pin drop outside. There's no animals mm-hmm. anywhere. Although I did see a snake, but I was on mushrooms, so I don't even know what happened. <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> a lot, but of, it a lot was, of people die in the eye of the storm. People will go out surfing and then suddenly the hurricane's back. You got to be careful. Yeah. But yeah, I would just go outside uh, for a little bit. You know, yeah, I, I think this. But that's where we are. I now think we are country. in this in this little bit. I would even compare it to you know uh, when Bugs Bunny would get put in the big pot of, with like all the vegetables and and the the flames just started and he's just like wow it's it's so nice in this yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> in this in this water it's so warm but it's been you know I, I will say it's oddly like peaceful. In a way, I mean, I know there's that's because that you've been in hate. Los Angeles. For yeah, this but whole there is time. This, like there is like this weird like I don't know. There hasn't been like any mass shootings this year. There hasn't right. been. You haven't really heard about the cops killing people this year. Yep. It's hey. been like there's like something. I don't know. It's like a weird little. I don't know. I'm spider side. I thought there you was know. a shooting like just the other day. Uh, you know, yeah, I'm right out of the loop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it's only February. It's only. I thought there was some guy who was inspired by Dylan Roof who shot some people. There oh, wait. Someone God. had a little piece of shit inspired somebody? Oh, yeah. Or no, he just, he allegedly planned shooting in the spirit of Dylan Roof. They, oh, they oh, caught God. him. He was oh, going to attack so a synagogue. Too. Yeah, yeah, he's look real at, fat in the face. Look like, at this fucking piece of shit. Oh, oh man. He's got oh, fat God. eyes. He's too big for the photo. He really is too big. His mugshot's just like right uh, ends at his lip. I'm, and it doesn't even go to the top. Of I'm not head. gonna lie. He looks like an open micer that we see. <laughs> yeah, he looks like a, he does look like someone who just needs to kill. Myrtle but, Beach. Myrtle Beach, man. Myrtle Beach sucks. I mean, what are you gonna do? It's, it's called oh, Myrtle also Beach. Also, South Carolina. That's why I was inspired by Dylan Roof because they're from the same state. Oh uh, yeah, a friend of mine. Uh, I think uh, Michael Ian Black said something funny. He was just like, I think we should halt immigration. And uh, put a travel ban on South Carolina, <laughs> uh, just until we know what's going on. Did Let's you take just a call pause. Michael Ian Black your friend? Did I say that? You said a friend of mine, then you said Michael Ian Black. Oh no, no, I met like a friend of mine, and then I realized it was Michael Ian Black. Oh, okay, okay, then, okay. So, yeah, I thought you had a new friend. I didn't know. <laughs> yeah, I was about to get excited. Yeah, I'm, I'm hanging out with names. celebrity comedians now. No, just oh, my girlfriend. <laughs> just, <laughs> you know who I hung out with? Who's that? Pearl Jam. No, you didn't. don't tell people about that. Uh, <laughs> it was so out cool. and out. That it was amazing. We Eddie Vedder. Yeah, yeah, the whole band. But yeah, but oh well, mostly, God. mostly Eddie. It was great. He was we went, drunk. We went to their studio. No, it was sober. They were recording. We went to the Pearl Jam studio in Seattle. It's like this giant compound. It was fucking cool as hell. Jesus. He went to the big ass studio, a warehouse full of instruments, and like it was just I. Was I, I was smitten. <laughs> Talk politics with Pearl Jam, me, Jeff, his sister, her That's brother, great. and Pearl Jam, just me and Mike McCready and fucking Stone Gossard and Eddie Vedder <laughs> rapping. <laughs> Shooting the shit. It was really cool. They brought us. They they made us listen how, to their new song. It was great. How do they? Uh, how do they feel about what's happening right now? I, you know, they actually seem more upset than uh, most people. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, they're also political, and their whole they they have a whole another floor above the studio that's just like dedicated to chari- their charities. Their separate charity. Oh. They have what we call like, work all their charities out of there. Right. They're great. They're great human beings. That's good, man. Yeah, but you know, it, it is. I do think we are in this like weird limbo period where the president is doing whatever he can 
to get his agenda through, mm-hmm. but then he just keeps getting stopped every step of the way so far. Well, it keeps lying. Well, he keeps lying, but he, you know, he rolled out this travel ban that was terrible. Mm-hmm. It included green card holders. It included like you know people that had helped us. This poor Kurdish translator that that fought oh, alongside yeah, that- our troops. By the way, the Kurds have gotten shat on more than any other Sandy population in yeah. the world. They were victims of genocide by Saddam Hussein. They were, like, always the shit end of the stick when, when the U.S. does it's interventions. The they yeah. got to change the it's name. It's a turd. It's yeah. rhymes yeah. a turd. You yeah. can't, yeah. can't trust them. The only people that support them are I mean, you can the trust them. Just, you know, just don't, you know, change your name. If the, my name was Kurd, I'd be like, ah, you know, Frank from now on. Please. That does sound like something Donald Trump would say, though. <laughs> they rhyme with turd. <laughs> what are you going to do? What do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? <laughs> uh, and then, and then you know, we have all this stuff with with the cabinet appointees, Betsy DeVos, mm-hmm. Eddie. You are are tweeting and, and and posting things about more cabinet officials than you have in your entire life. Well, you know, it's the weirdest. I found the weirdest thing in this because whenever I was just like posting like legitimate shit about like why these people suck and like why you know like why Betsy DeVos can't do this and like I'd be like people like message me like oh you cuck you piece of shit oh you libtard you know whatever now I just straight up I don't even do that I just insult them now and everyone loves it yeah <laughs> the, the only, people, only people who get mad are liberals now it's like, <laughs> this, it, your Facebook timeline right now is truly a sight to behold because yeah. it's usually you posting someone someone with a meme in their profile picture calls you a cuck and then you just start going off about like their mother. <laughs> <laughs> I don't insult people's mother. I just remind them that their family hates them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. They'll never have love in this life. Yeah, yeah, but that's like I mean now I mean but like no the only time I get shit now is from uh liberals. Yeah, the the, the liberal great. classic liberal movie. And it's always people I went to high school with. It was like this one time this girl got real mad at me because I I don't know, I called Kellyanne Conway a a Louis Vuitton bag stretched over a haunted skeleton. Yeah, I remember that one. And, and so she got you mad because- You can't body shame her. can't body shame her. And I get that, you know, but like, and I She's- said, I said, but like, in my defense, I'm just trying to hurt her feelings. Yeah. You know, so- <laughs> In my defense, <laughs> I, will say, I am trying to body shame her. <laughs> just remember, it's not body shaming if you call someone an evil bitch. Yeah, yeah there you exactly. Go. I'm like, this is a, it's a very layered joke. You know, it's you not about her physical weight or anything. Yeah, like no, that I mean, saying the Louis Vuitton bag, you know, shows wealth. Yeah, like old that she doesn't replace it. That she's a battered, you know, a battered down. Doesn't like to take care of herself. And then the haunted skeleton. I mean, that's that's not a looks thing. That's a. Uh, you know, and she she looks like a haunted skeleton. Yeah, that's I not mean, that's facts. That's, that's not fake news. It's like, that's uh, facts. it's like I feel like she's like one of the bad guys in Jason and the Argonauts. Yeah, this is not these we're not taking big leaps here. Mm-hmm. It's a classic liberal move. Yeah. I saw someone get into a fight on Facebook because someone brought up the fact that Donald Trump has been accused multiple times, including by uh, ex-wives of him, of uh, rape. Yeah. And someone posted that, like, hopefully she posted something like, hopefully she he's not raping Melania. And there were, like, 50 posts from women being like, it's not funny to joke about rape. And she's like, I wasn't. Joking. I'm, it's, I'm, it's, I'm, it's I'm possible. serious. I know, I'm just it's really serious. hoping. I mean, you know, one thing about Melania, I tell you, she is really one well-dressed slave. Yeah. <laughs> she is. <laughs> She's got a great eye. <laughs> I mean, that blue dress at the inauguration. Every oh. time she's on television, she and next to him, mm-hmm. she is constantly 
being self-aware about what her face is doing. My favorite is she was just smiling once, and then he turned around and said something to her, and then she just went like fucking ghost. Yeah. Oh, God. Completely. Lord knows what the hell that was. She's just, the, she probably is just so overwhelmed with just rage right now that her idiot fucking husband decided to become president, so. Mm. But like we were saying earlier, um, I am new to this whole politics thing. Yeah. Like uh, a year and a half ago, I still never gave a fuck, and now I was forced to start caring. And so maybe I was hoping that you could help me learn about these people and what their exact duties are on the show, kind of teach me and anyone else out there who listens that doesn't really know what's going on. Yeah. I think it's tough. to. It's like, where do you even start? Because I think that's why. I, uh, how about, how about uh, can I throw one out there for please, you? Please, please. Rex Tillerson. So let's, so yeah. So I think, so Rex Tillerson's not the worst Okay, all right, Rex Tillerson, but he's the owner of Exxon. He, uh, what, uh, you know, he's no longer the CEO of Exxon. Okay. And in his favor, he was recommended by Condoleezza Rice, who we have discussed previously on the podcast as being a, a very good politician. A uh, good politician, not the, I mean, again, we're talking about uh, Republican foreign mm-hmm. policy leaders here. But it, she is part of the old guard that wants, you know, stability, Republican conservative <laughs> talking points, but also probably for the most part was like, why? Why are we doing ice raids in Chicago? Yeah, yeah it's it's really. I always funny. like calling her Condoleezza Spaghetti. <laughs> <laughs> Condoleezza Risotto. Uh, so uh, Rex Tillerson is in charge of the State Department. Okay, Secretary of State. Secretary of State. Yeah. So, so he took over for Hillary. He took over for the Hill. Well, took over for John Kerry. John Kerry. Right. Okay. So he is going to be in charge of basically any sort of civilian oversight on what we're doing in the foreign policy world. So that means trade deals internationally he'll be involved in. The most famous oil man ever. Yes, exactly. This is this is why this is why it's a little scary. You know, people are a little worried about this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On the other hand, already um, during his confirmation hearing, he's voiced support for things that uh, Donald Trump has. Exactly. Uh, been against. For example, like he's shown very strong support for the Trans-Pacific Partnership and also as opposed to... He Muslim does like the Trans-Pacific Partnership. Yes. We're already out of the TPP. But yeah. to be fair, that does demonstrate that he is not just a, t- a talking head for All the right. Donald Trump campaign. Let's and do this. he is Trans-Pacific against... Trans-Pacific Partnership. The- Let's do it real quick. Basic. Well, that's a tough one. That's huge. Basically, it's a, a multi-country deal that has to deal with all kinds of different stuff Pacific, going back. It's trading in the, with, the, it, with China, China and the Asian countries. The Asian countries. Basically, it would lower both non-tariff and tariff barriers to trade. So basically make it easier for trade between Australia, Brunei, Canada, Chile, Japan, Malaysia, Mexico, New Zealand, Peru, Singapore, the United States, and Vietnam. Oh, China's so, not in there. No. Oh, so no more like yes. made in no. Taiwan. No more made in China, basically. No, no. Definitely made in Taiwan. Definitely made it. So the TPP makes makes jobs basically, and, and the way we create products yeah. be outsourced to more countries so that we can lower the cost of goods. But the reason Trump pulled out of it is because he wants to ha- make things here. Doesn't that seem good, though? You would think it seems good. That seems good to me. But think about how much it would cost. Like, we don't, we're, we're not a, a manufacturing country. We used to be. Yeah. The factories still exist. But the cost that it takes to create a product here because of our labor laws, because of our healthcare system, because of all these different costs, makes the cost of the actual good itself go really high. If Does you- the Trans-Pacific Partnership help promote uh, 
child slavery and shit? Actually, no. One of the reasons why the TPP was uh, being so supported is because it prohibits explo- uh, exploitative child labor and forced labor, ensures the right to collective bargaining, a.k.a. is going to support uni- uni- unionization in other countries, okay. uh, So and prohibits employ- employment discrimination. Here- so it seemed to me, and again, I'm not an expert. I'm sorry to interrupt you. Please. Please. No, that's but we're, we're it seemed to me that my- Pretend on Pearl Jam. <laughs> just talk to me about the cool shit that's going on. It seemed to my dummy brain that the TPP was mostly um, an attempt by several major world leaders in order to improve upon the situation right now. In other words, saying that obviously the situation with trade and also the, uh, you know, exporting labor overseas is not ideal. So let's at least work on solving some of these core human rights issues and also other issues having that have cropped up. In yeah, the idea day. that's really a, a lot of establishment Republicans and Democrats both support is free trade. And this idea of free trade, it means global trade. It means globalization. It's a thing that people haven't talked about. It's why jobs have been leaving the country to a certain extent yeah. because they can get made in, in other places at a lot cheaper price. This TPP, in, in, in some cases, right, will allow to uh, some of these countries to modernize their labor force to bring their the quality and the way they create these products up to like a little bit closer to our standards. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That also helps keep the price of goods somewhat reasonable so that we could still buy them here, but it also on the downside doesn't necessarily protect the American worker. And the idea here is that I mean I would say that the American worker needs to evolve. Mm-hmm. And we need to like establish lifelong education that we should constantly be working and constantly be learning new things to keep up with the pace of the economy. We are the leaders in the global economy. That doesn't mean we should just just do one thing like we did 30 years ago and never change. So like all these coal miners sitting next to empty coal mines should know how to do something else. Exactly. Well, on top of that is that if a uh, partnership across multiple nations encourages other countries to raise minimum wage and to create a similar system to what we have here, it might become less advantageous for American companies to do their uh, factory work overseas. So if you're not making a whole chunk of change more because basically it costs approximately in the same ballpark to produce something in Mexico as it is to produce in the United States. You actually might make more money by moving your production to the United States because then on top of basically not losing that much more money because people who work in factories in Mexico are now making an equivalent kind of amount to what American workers really. Make. Well, if under the TPP, so oh, okay. if it if they if it's a supporting union unionization, mm-hmm. then factories might. American companies might ba- move back to the United States because while they'd save a little bit of money by m- being in Mexico, they'll probably make more money if on top of not having to ship things, we'll also be able to say made in America. Yeah. And yeah. so now, now I remember Trump saying that if, if people were going to go to if, take their companies to Mexico, they were, he was going to tax the shit out of them coming back in the country. Exactly. That's the import tariff. Yeah, yeah. And that's a good thing, Right. Well, that's good. Well, but th- that seemed that that was like the one thing he said that I really yeah, kind of got by. What happens when you go buy uh, a Corona, a six pack of Corona, uh-huh. and instead of being what's what's a six pack of Corona cost these well, days? Well, it's made in fucking San Antonio anyway. No, no, well, it's made in Mexico. They import it. It's imported. If beer. you look on the bottle, it says San Antonio. They probably do the distrib- distribution here. What the the point of is. 
They make the Corona in Mexico. Mm-hmm. They bring it over here. As at one point, it probably costs eight dollars. Yeah. What Trump is saying, if they move their business, as opposed to what you're saying in San Antonio, if they move it from San Antonio to Mexico, yeah. right? They're gonna make it. The Corona's gonna now have to pay an import tax, which is then gonna be, which is then gonna the cost of that. That tax is not gonna be shouldered by the company. Yeah, it's gonna be passed down to the consumer. So now your $8 six-pack of Corona is now going to be $18. Well, why not just get Budweiser? Well, exactly. There you go. Who's not drinking? I drink Miller Lite. But Budweiser is actually owned by uh, or a foreign company. A anyway. foreign company. But well, that's the idea here is that, that none of that will actually protect the American worker, right, to a certain degree because the American worker is actually going to have to pay for the tax. Unless Corona opens up more factories in America. And yep. the TPP wasn't actually necessarily uh, about reducing tariffs. What they're about is creating transparency about non-tariff barriers to trade. And what non-tariff barriers to trade is that different countries will have different rules in terms of pre-shipment inspections, rule of origins, trade-prepared investment measures, a.k.a. everything that happens with money changing hands that is not to do with a tariff. So, example, like, like, who, gets, yeah, like who gets a cut when you bring Corona into the United States of the guy at the border who gets a cut mm-hmm. of uh, the taxes leaving that country. There's a lot yeah. of fees that are incorporated that are not transparent between countries. So the TPP wasn't saying get rid of tariffs. What they're saying is make transparent the amount of money that each country takes out in non-tariff fees. At the end of the day, there's a fundamental argument, I think, that that people are discussing, which is how do we protect the American worker, but how do we also, and this is the thing I don't think we're talking enough about, how does the American worker get prepared for the future? And that's the thing that no one gives a fuck about talking about because everyone just cares about what's happening in the next two, three, four years. I mean, obviously times are changing. I mean, yeah. you, look at, you look at what happened in the past... I don't know, what's it, 2017? What happened in the past 117 years? You know, how many times the country has changed over, and now we're in a very technical age. We need to we need to Look catch at up. the carrier plant, right? The carrier plant is, is going to be this whole hallmark thing that Pence and Trump talk about, about being how they're saving American jobs and how they're boosting the economy uh-huh. for American workers. A but, thousand jobs, right? A thousand jobs, they say. But, and the the uh, the carrier CEO, he did an interview with Jim Cramer, and he said he said uh, we're going to also invest a sixteen million dollar plant here in Indiana. And then Jim Cramer said, "Wow, uh, what are you going to use that plant for?" He said, "It's mainly going to be for automation." And Jim Cramer said, "Isn't that going to mean fewer jobs?" He goes, "Yes, that's going to mean fewer jobs." So now today, day one, they saved a thousand jobs, but. Four years from now, when that automated plan is up and running, they don't give a shit about moving the jobs to Mexico anymore. They're just going to fire everybody and use the robots. They're going to go from 1,000 workers yeah. to 10 workers. Yeah, and that's and then also the, the claims the, the pipeline's going to create a lot of jobs, but when the pipeline's done being built in two years... There's, where are all those jobs going to go? Yeah. Build another pipeline. It's temporary. Yeah, exactly. So these are like these little things that, you know, and if you want to talk about actual things that could help the economy, the, that are jobs, that, that people could make things, it's infrastructure. Mm-hmm. Infrastructure is a thing that we can constantly be doing. Have you taken a train recently, Eddie? Uh, I took the subway here. I took a train. I took an Amtrak last week into Boston. Bumpiest fucking ride I've ever had in my life. At an Amtrak breakdown, I'm on the way to Boston. They made me come back home. You know, my my fiance is Japanese. The whole time she's she loves trains. In Jap in Japan, <laughs> we don't have this problem. I'm like, all right, already. They got bullet trains going ten thousand miles an hour. They're making us a bullet train. <laughs> but you cannot blame Trump for Cosmos. I know. <laughs> blaming, blaming you for cheaping out on the train. <laughs> exactly. 
But these trains, we should upgrade our train system here. I thought we were. I don't know what's happening. We're getting soon. one from Boston to by 2020 or something. Oh, really? Yeah, from Boston to D.C. Bullet train shit. Trains, bridges, mm-hmm. roads. Second Avenue subway starting to run. There we go. Second, but I'll tell you what, half the escalators at the Second Avenue subway stop on like 72nd Street mm-hmm. don't work. I mean, it's a new. <laughs> so you know, it's, it's like thing. they focused on like just get the tunnel up and running, get the internet in there yeah. and get it up and running. Anyway, so that's. Trade deals. I don't want to belabor that this point too much. Mm. The other part about Sexy Rex Tillerson that I want to bring up mm-hmm. is that he also is like the chief like d- d- diplomat, if you will, for how we talk to other countries. And one of the ways we do that in America is through this company called Voice of America, which is under the State Department, which our good friend Salman Arbabi is the executive producer on one of their big shows. Nice. And one of the things that just happened recently before Obama – left office was he had to sign a budget bill that included some stuff that the Republicans wanted to put in there that said normally a council runs Voice of America uh, that's picked by Republicans and Democrats. Yeah. This bill eliminated that council and installs one CEO of Voice of America. Which is? Which is appointed by the president. Ah. So Donnie Trump is going to appoint somebody to run Voice of America that basically is going to report directly into Rex Tillerson. And so what happened already is they wiped out that whole council and two right-wing bloggers showed up to start setting the stage for what they want to do next. And now they're going to appoint some sort of CEO. And now basically what that means is it can potentially be, and they they broadcast to 22 different countries. They have millions and millions of, of uh, uh, people in their audience. They could use it as a right-wing propaganda machine for as long as they want now for the next four years. That's scary. Yeah. So who's who's running? Who's going to be in charge? Salman or Bobby will not be in charge. Yes. <laughs> uh, they're gonna. They haven't picked someone yet. But here's the thing: this is stuff that we should all know about. Get engaged about. The brighter side is that we're now engaged. We're now activated. It is crazy to be talking about this. I stuff. would have never. And it's just like someone got mad at me when I was writing about uh, Betsy DeVos. I was saying something awful about her, how she's never even hugged her grandchildren or something. <laughs> I don't know. And, uh, it, and they're like, well, you didn't even know who the secretary of education was. It's like, I didn't have to. Yeah. <laughs> I assumed they were doing their job, you yeah. know? But, like, now it's like this person's so bad that we all know about them. Yeah. And that's, and that's the crazy part. Like, I watched, I used to like watching C-SPAN. Now I watch C-SPAN all the time. Mm-hmm. I watched the House Financial Services Committee hearing with Janet Yellen the other night. It's all interesting now. Yeah. It's all really cool. It's, so, it's completely taken over the... Zeitgeist. It really has. And I think one of the things that I'm trying to do is how to figure out things to talk about that don't have to deal with Trump. But he's permeated every single part of our society at this point. But once you do get something that you could talk about that doesn't have to deal with Trump, it's kind of fun. Hairless animals. There you go. <laughs> They're new fat. They're so cute. <laughs> <laughs> what is, uh, what's another one? We, we, do you want to do DeVos? So, hold on. So, Rex Tillerson. Not that bad. Not, Not that the bad. worst. He, Not the worst. I have a friend. His her father is a not thing. as good as John Kerry. No, I mean, I mean he, we're a little worried. But Rex Tillerson wants a lot of information. A lot of people that I know that worked at State Department, they're all writing a bunch of papers. He wants to be a very informed Secretary of State, which is a good sign. All right. Okay. So yeah. And to be fair, uh, I uh, part of my family works for Exxon Mobil for like going down de- generations, and they always had very good things to say about the company. So I know yeah. that they've had multiple instances with maybe environmental things, but as 
far as being uh, good to the American worker, I think ExxonMobil hasn't been the worst. Maybe you ask your family if they ask Mother Nature her opinion, huh? Well, you know, huh? that's also jobs. You got to clean up that oil. You got to clean Listen, up. there were a lot of Kellys on ExxonMobil boats yeah. the last gotta, 100 years. You got to yeah. shave those ducks when yeah, they got man. covered in oil. <laughs> you know, I'm real good at scrubbing Pelican. <laughs> that's what y'all say, but did, when's the last time you got an Uber? They still run off of gas. Yeah. Yeah. Who's powering your Ubers? <laughs> Am I allowed to drive Uber yet? Yeah, yeah. Who cares? They won, right? I mean, didn't we like they, he jumped off? The, see, here's the other thing. Yeah. People, people uh, got mad at Uber, you know, and then they, and then they, they yelled at, they yelled, at, they stopped using Uber, and then that guy because he was on Trump's council, and now he's not on Trump's council anymore. Wasn't it good that he was on Trump's council? Like, shouldn't Trump be? Shouldn't we have the best people on Trump's council? Like, people are mad that uh, Elon Musk is on Trump's council, and it's just like, please put him on the council. Yeah, <laughs> please let someone instruct him. Like that will do a good job. Please let the guy that's creating the future of our entire world. Yeah, talking to Don't the president. Boycott electric cars because yeah. he's trying to help the country. <laughs> no, no, Elon Musk. I love, the Uber thing. I think there's a broader issue too of just like this, like uh, consumer activism where we don't buy a thing yeah. because we don't like the politics of the the owner. If anything you touch, people, there is a shitty billionaire at the end of it. Everything. Every single... These microphones we're talking into, mm-hmm. I'm sure a Nazi made them. <laughs> An IBM computer... I'm sorry, audio tectonics. We're <laughs> on to you. IBM... <laughs> we know where you're doing. We know what you're... But IBM, do you know what their their first big client was? Fucking Nazi Germany. They made all the whole database system for the Nazis to keep track of the Jews. Hold on you know, a second. Hold on a second. I thought the the gay guy made the uh, computer uh, against who, the George, Nazis. George Michael? No, no. The the imitation game. No, 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 no. That that was a code breaking machine. Oh, okay. That it wasn't is... the first computer. No, 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 no. The the computer I'm talking about. This is... movie lie to me? No, no. <laughs> Eddie's going to go home and punch a DVD box now. <laughs> you son of a... You're talking about Turing. Yes, Alan Turing. Didn't yeah. he invent the computer? No, he invented the code-breaking computer to, to decipher the, the codes that the Germans were sending. He created the Enigma machine. Yeah. Oh, okay. What I'm talking about is IBM created like a database system to mm-hmm. keep track, like punch cards, of all the Jews that were coming through all the camps and stuff like that. Seemed like they were killing them willy-nilly. No, no, very organized, Eddie. Very really? organized. Oh, my the God. The Germans are, you- are very organized. They're Germans. They're German. I don't know. It seemed like they were just throwing people in ovens. No, they were throwing them in ovens. They were were making them say their name before they went in? They didn't. They got their name way before. They had punch cards that were like, these 10 are going in the oven And that's what the numbers on the arm were for. There you go. Don't give them a name. Give them a number. Then you start feeling something. You got to call them something. Now you're thinking, Eddie. Thinking like a real Nazi. (laughs) (laughs) Niall. So how 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 are you, you doing? <laughs> <laughs> Howdy doody. How? Uh, but this, you know, so it's like the same thing. People went to Lyft. You know, Peter Thiel is an investor in Lyft. He's a fucking maniac too. I'll tell you what. I ordered a Lyft after this Uber thing. Lyft shows up. They got someone in the front seat with them, just oh, cruising around. That's unbelievable. You know, it's like Lyft, get your act together. Yeah. I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to do the right thing. I'm right back to Uber. Yeah, I'm on the Uber. I don't care. <laughs> See, that's the great thing about being poor is I never took Uber to begin with. Yeah, yeah, so so when I got to be all high and mighty, like I don't have Uber on my phone. But yeah. if you had, but if you have to prioritize, Mary, <laughs> Eddie and I would strongly mm. recommend 
soft closed cabinets before uh-huh. you go yeah, yeah, into yeah. an Uber account. <laughs> Get your priorities straight. All right. Hey, so let's do We're I'm working out. on getting a couch. Yeah. <laughs> cabinets are a little far. All right. All right. So we just did 30 minutes on Rex Tillerson. Jesus. Okay. All right. <laughs> Holy shit. How about uh, Betsy DeVos? Let's, let's, let's start talking about this fucking this alligator handbag. <laughs> she is... Well, you know, it's the reemergence of the Dutch. She's uh, from a Dutch family. She's a wooden shoe type. Yeah, exactly. Hey, 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 hey. hey, what is that? Is that bad? I'm half Dutch. Oh, well. oh go on. Who gives well, a go fuck? fucking suck yeah, a yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, you're a minority here in the studio, Mary. Uh, I like how we just, just like double down on Dutch hate. <laughs> fuck the Dutch. <laughs> We literally are in the city that they named. So. <laughs> <laughs> and it's Brooklyn. So she's a secretary of education. Secretary In of charge education. of school for, and she's never been, but she's never been to a public school. She'll have been to private school. I understand how that could be a bad thing, but what if she wants to just raise the level of schooling? Devil's advocate. I'm going to play devil's advocate on it. I like I like yeah, it. What if she's going to raise, would she actually then want to make all public schools higher learning like private schools? We all would love to have it. It's, it's, I think it's less private schools. It's the charter schools, right? And mm-hmm. those are technically some sort of And there's school. public there's public charter schools. But let's say here, yeah, the, 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 the whole point of a public school is you can't turn a kid away. Yeah. You have to bus in kids from all neighborhoods. Uh-huh. And you have to have like um, special ed. Yeah. Charter schools, a lot of them, and it's different by state, don't have those regulations. They have like specialty public schools that do that, right? Where you put all like the the, the slow arts kids. kids. Well, you got the arts kids too, but then you got yeah. the kids with the slow kids too. What's Just wrong be, with that? Well, well, it's what if certain families don't have the money to go to those schools, right? Mm-hmm. And the school makes a decision on who gets in, who gets out. Yeah, but aren't there public charter schools is what I was trying to say. They are publicly. So the funding goes with the student. Okay. So defunding a public school is is less about defunding the actual system and more about creating another school that the kid will go to, right? Mm-hmm. And so, there, of course, it's like instead of investing more money into a school system that's maybe not doing so well, they're saying let's just make this charter school. The kids will go there. The funding follows the kid. And then all of a sudden you can just like shut down that public school. But then that charter school that opens up, right, isn't, again – uh, uh, beholden to the rules and regulations that a lot mm-hmm. of public schools are. And yeah. on top of that, uh, one of the big things is that with a charter school, uh, with public schools, they ke- the government keeps tabs. So poor performers, aka schools where people are failing, where students aren't doing very well, can uh, be subject to improvement efforts, getting increased money from the government, and in worst case scenarios, even being closed down if the school is performing poor enough. But the thing is, is that once a charter school opens, it pretty much can operate as long as it wants and isn't held accountable by state officials. And there have been charter schools in Michigan and have been for 20 years uh, and the problem with that is is that in Detroit the best schools are more likely to be traditional public schools because charter schools do not perform better yeah. or even up to par to public schools. So you shut down a public school because people aren't getting good enough grades. Mm-hmm. Hypothetical situation. Where do the kids go? Because they're not going to get no school. That's completely illegal. That's what, when you get these situations where kids get bused to other cities. So and they got to like be on a bus for an hour and a half. Yeah, to more rural. That happens often in rural communities. So where if school you shut down a school in the Bronx, they might have to take a bus all the way to Brooklyn or something. Yeah. 
potentially. Or Yonkers or whatever. Mm-hmm. But the idea here is that public and, and charter schools, they're supposed to work together. They're supposed to create yeah. things. And I think the idea initially with a charter school is, hey, not every kid sh- – learns the same way. That's the problem I have with like Common Core that the federal government says this is the way you're supposed to learn. Not Now, they don't require all states to do that, but they give you some bonus points as far as funding goes if you use yeah. the Common Core principles. I think it's like, listen, the kid in the South Bronx has to get a different type of education than the kid in Salt Lake City, Utah. It's just a fundamentally different cultural approach to education. Mm-hmm. And I think we could create a little bit more of a network model of how education could work Right, as opposed to making like a big federal model, creating more experiments across mm-hmm. the country, but still keeping in mind that public education isn't just about the books and grades. It's about creating human beings that can integrate into the economy. Yeah, And, and that's part of the reason why charter schools have played out so poorly in places they've been uh, put in is because uh, – Basically, it creates de facto segregation because white and affluent yeah. parents flee the charter schools that poorer and people of color exactly. students come in. I mean, well, those people are just ruining their own children's education anyway. Well, it, it's and that's the thing. It's like, sure, we put it in the hands of the parents to make those decisions, but that's why we have a federal government, right? That's what we're supposed to lead with what we want to aspire to be yeah. as a country, and that's an integrated, socialized society. So, I mean— So Betsy DeVos is all about charter schools. All about the charter schools. And, and that's it? Or like, and what's, she wants, why else do people hate her? Well, that's the big thing. She, she's going to be supportive probably of— even eliminating the Department of Education. How does that make them? Where does her job go? Her, she's still like the education czar. There will still be money and things that have to be managed. But the idea that there is a centralized place where in the federal government we actually think about education and put forth programs that help kids, all these things, yeah, gone. She'll just leave it up to each state, each uh, municipality to create their own charter schools, get the money however way they want to get it. They'll be managing the money however way they want to fucking manage. It's just completely so each so education becomes state funded, not federally funded. Yeah, and it becomes it becomes like a marketplace. It becomes like business now. And right now, how much money are we putting towards our schools? That's a good question, Mary. Because uh, uh, I know that we're doing sixty two percent towards the military. Yeah, of our taxes go towards the military. I know that. That's a, a crazy amount. Yeah. Uh, but it would be I, I want to know how much uh, goes to our education and how much goes to the, you know the other things I mean we're not first of all like libraries we don't really need them anymore yeah we do why do we need they're libraries they're community centers they're Libra- community centers they're places place, for the homeless to go places for learning places <laughs> places that you know people that don't have necessarily access to these libraries. my mom used to go to the library all the time uh, just so she can use the internet I was going to say people go there to use the internet and yeah. they're a great place to actually learn about things they have events They like it's, it's a good institution now, I'm just playing devil's advocate on everything by the way. libraries could <laughs> I, evolve I do believe in libraries right libraries could evolve to be less about books and more about community right but i think the idea of a library as a place to gain knowledge and information is Mm -hmm. key think about how many kids live in in the inner city or how many kids live in rural areas that don't have any friends that they just go to the library and hang out all day you know and they learn and learn and learn and one of those kids end up being fucking like neil degrasse tyson you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. that that's the type of shit that I think is is important, right? Yeah. Education only gets two percent of the federal uh, tax. Three percent? Yeah, and that doesn't even uh, include just uh, pre grad. It includes 
elementary, secondary, and vocational wow. education, higher education, and research and general educational aids. I mean, why can't we just take 2% from the fucking military? I love you guys. But, you know, and put two of the... You keep 60%. Well, let me play devil's advocate here. Eddie, why don't you just invite ISIS into your home yeah, two, to kill your family? 2%. Huh? 2% they huh? keep an ISIS in around. 2%. <laughs> I and can't of course, even do this with a straight face. That's just it's the federal budget. So obviously states are going to differ by state yeah. how much taxation gets taken out for the education. But on a federal level, it's 3%. I just don't understand. Listen, I get it. People want, don't want the federal government doing all this shit, right? I, I understand they get annoyed by the federal government all the time. But you know what? Well, there's a reason we have these things is because in Alabama or some other fucking state that is like made up of – Racist all over the fucking place. Yeah, but you're gonna you're have all like racist. Not no. Let me paint a with a broad brush. <laughs> when there's a ton of racists in one state, okay, then you're just gonna have this like small little cluster of minorities going all going to one school. And then when you have a football game, it's just gonna be like fucking remember the Titans all over again. Yeah, and then they're all gonna have like a, some sort of race war. The only way to have a better society is we integrate with each other. We socialize with each other. We get to know each other. Mm-hmm. This is why we get to know each other's experiences. It's less about what you're reading in the books and more about how you're interacting with each other. Well, I, beyond that, I think... Sorry to interrupt you, Eddie, no, no, no. but beyond that, I think that a big Classic issue... Classic Dutch move, by the way, to interrupt people. <laughs> Classic woman move to immediately <laughs> apologize for it. But I think going off of what you were saying, it's beyond that. I mean, one of the things that this election really illustrated is that there's a huge divide between urban America and rural America Mm -hmm. and urban America, which takes place in every state that any population center, regardless of state, Alabama, Texas, Florida, these traditionally conservative states, the urban areas traditionally vote Democratic and have a larger population of uh, young people and a larger population of people who have families. So you have this interesting conundrum where in red states, where if the state goes red, the people that are getting screwed over are the population centers because of the way that the voting districts uh, pan out. I was talking to my buddy Benji recently, and he put it he put it to me uh, very plainly, and it, it made a lot of sense to me when he said it like that. Uh, where it comes to like urban areas, everyone's like we're in this together, mm-hmm. and in rural areas, like I could take care of myself because that's what they do. They farm, they they grow shit for themselves, they they do everything themselves, and so. But in urban areas, like you know, we all got to like you know pitch in and help each other. Like during nine eleven, everyone was on each other's side. You know, during you know, it's so it's it's one of those things. Everyone's got to you know come in and help in order for all of us to be stacked on top of each other. You know, it's like New York's got that. You know, we're New Yorkers, we're in this together. You know, in Alabama, it's like I take care of myself, leave me alone. Is that a bad generalization? No, no, I think it is true, and it's very much where we're at. I think the next step is for everyone to realize that the United States is all in this together because we're part of this global society, Mm -hmm. and the world is changing, and we are part of the world. We're not just ourselves, right? I think we, to that point, the cities all think, okay, well, we're all in this together, but it's this other type of thinking of like, Hey man, like the other thing is like we don't speak another language in America really. This we're not like a it's bilingual. A little bit of Spanish, but a little bit. It's only growing because they've invaded, mm. right? That's the idea is that they're indoctrinating us with their language. You go to other places, people are traveling abroad, experiencing other language, experiencing other cultures and stuff like that. Here we're pretty isolated, and we've done that because we're so proud to be Americans. We're so proud of our 
culture, whatever that culture really may be. Yeah. And I think eventually we're gonna have to start realizing, it's like, hey, we're not we're not the only ones in this thing. We're the leaders of the world, right, to a certain extent. But we gotta also understand that we're part of the world as well. That is a great point. I like that. I'm okay. <laughs> You're doing good. I'm okay. I'm feeling better. So, DeVos, Don't. what else does she stand for? Like, what's in like? I mean, oh, uh, here's charter- the other one. Charter schools yeah. means you can have religion at schools now. Oh no! <laughs> yeah, this was, that, that's. I mean, that doesn't make any sense. Well, then the good news if it's is, it's a public school. You can't have religion. At exactly. School. But what makes what's going to stop charter schools from have, being religious, I having mean, a religious undertones? Nothing. There's nothing to stop this. From I went happening. to Catholic school growing up, and man, woo! You want to fucking make someone hate a religion? There's going to be Catholic schools. There's going to be other kinds of like evangelical schools. They're going to teach. They're going to not. They're gonna, they can skip fucking uh, evolution and just go right to creationism if they want to, yeah. then you're going to have Muslim schools because you're going you're gonna to open the floodgates up Then you're going to have to lo- let the Muslims have their school. That's good, though. Then right? you're also going to have to have the Satanists. Satanists are also going to have to have their school. That sounds like fun. That sounds like <laughs> a fun school. Man, I'll tell you, back home in uh, Boca Raton, they had to put a Satanist statue up next to the Jesus statue because yeah. they legally won. It was great. It looked really cool. This is what I'm saying. They don't understand the, 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 like, the puritanical roots of this country are always like, oh, we're a Christian nation, a Christian nation. It's like, no, we're a freedom of religion nation. And if you keep pumping this whole Christian, you know, Sharia law type shit because they're trying to do it their own God type on shit. our money. But it, of course it says, but it's not the Christian God. There's all kinds of different gods. I mean, when you write God, though, isn't that Christian God? No, no not at all. Why not? Allah is the same God. The Jewish have the same God. It's just yeah. one God. So God's like an overtone. God's an overture thing. Okay. Yeah. And what happens to the atheist? Well, the atheists—they they better find their own school. <laughs> They're in trouble. I will be the professor. <laughs> we will hang out, but it, it's—that's going to be an issue. It's like the religious stuff really scares me. And then again, how many how many jobs does religion make? Not that many. <laughs> Not that many. It only takes one priest to steal. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> the uh, so. When Betsy DeVos went to that school, that public school recently, and they wouldn't, oh, they wouldn't let her in. They wouldn't let her in. Why wouldn't she just be like, "You're all fired"? Uh, I don't think she could do that. She can't do that, even though she's the head of education. She yeah. can't fire a bunch of people. She could say your whole city stops getting fucked. <laughs> <laughs> well, she's very strongly opposed by uh, the national teachers unions, yeah. and yeah. in my limited experience, I think most politicians don't want to piss off major. Unions, like yeah. the teachers' union. Well, I think you know in Wisconsin they broke the back of the unions as well. I mean, I think the, the teacher tenure is something that we should probably address seriously as a country. Tenure is important, I know, for job security. Yeah. But then it's like also how do we keep the standards up? Because you know, we've all been to schools where like the one tenured teacher is just like, "All right, kids, uh, Dad's gonna go outside uh, to have a smoke. Uh, watch uh, the never-ending story here." Uh, can't get the DVD player well, to work. How, We're just going to watch the menu for a while. How do you get good teachers in bad schools? Because that just doesn't happen, really. I think you pay them a bunch of money. You just got to pay you, them out the ass, right? You just pay them like, like investment bankers. Mm-hmm. You know, you pay them and you give them benefits and you treat them. But then, you know, the, the idea is the unions uh, want to protect the teachers. But if you just create a teacher and get this teacher system that's like paid well, good benefits, but high standards. Yeah. That aren't just test score standards. That's the other thing. The test scores are fucking ridiculous. I mean, it's so stupid. I mean, half of those standardized tests, they don't tell you nothing. So many of the kids that did better than me on those standardized tests are fucking complete invalids now. 
Yeah. You know, they, they can't do anything. I didn't even bother taking them, really. There you go. Look at you. Look how you turned out. Yeah, you know, I guess I'm moderately successful. There you <laughs> go. Hanging out with Pearl Jam, for Christ's sake. I know, yeah, but, you know, I'm not, you know, not one of the boys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've got some guest vocals on their next track, but, uh, you know, I'm not part of the band yet. <laughs> <laughs> what if you did like the intro? Like you I'm just... in the, I'm in the old fat cover band of Pearl Jam <laughs> called Pearl Ham. <laughs> I'm, I'm Eddie Cheddar. <laughs> <laughs> we got great. Henry will be uh, Scone Gossard. <laughs> Kissel could be Mike Mafidi. <laughs> That's great. Mike McFeed me. My, yeah. <laughs> Pretty good, right? That's a good one. Yeah, That's a good you. one. Yeah, you know, it's quick. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Betsy DeVos. I mean, he, I'm not really like, I mean, I don't like her because I, I know I'm not supposed to like her. And, you know, the charter school thing's really aggravating. But, you know, things have things gotten worse yet? Like, should we, when do we start officially uh, worrying? Look for bills to come up. The first one that came up that was proposed by a congressman, a Republican congressman, was to eliminate the Department of Education. So okay. these are bills that are going to come up. They're going to see if they pass, but they got to go through both chambers. They got to go through the House and the Senate. But so isn't we'll that like such a preposterous bill, like to get rid of the Department of Education? Wouldn't everyone just vote no on that? No, no. They would. They a lot of them would vote yes. That's when you really see where the lines run. Then you also look at Trump and her will create legislation on their own and mm-hmm. pitch it to Paul Ryan and say, "Hey, we want this passed." That could be. You know, the race for the top was a big thing that Obama did with Arne Duncan, the previous Secretary of Education. That was a four point some billion dollar education bill yeah. to give funding to schools based on certain criteria, all this kind of stuff. They could do the same thing. They could do a $20 billion deal with all the states and try to get them to do stuff based on certain criteria. I mean, $20 billion is not that much money for the whole, every state. For uh, Yeah. Well, when, when you're dealing with education, you're dealing with teachers that are still buying pencils for their own classes. Yeah. I mean, you know what drove me crazy was, I mean, I, I try to break things down in a very simple way for myself. And the de Blasio tried to hand the government a $45 million bill for the first two weeks of taking yeah. care of Barron and uh, Melania and, you know, guarding Trump Tower and all that shit. For two weeks, $45 million. What if, like, that $45 million wouldn't, imagine what that would do if we just gave that to the Bronx for their public schools. Oh, my God, it would just change everything. It would change it, overnight. It would yeah. change everything. Oh, absolutely. We would get better teachers in there. We, and that's just forty-five million, and then all base. And it's basically for two people to just live here, who's Barron's homeschooled, isn't he? Or no, he's the uh, he's at a nice. He's at a they nice let him school. out. He's at a nice school. What is that? The Bronx Zoo? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. He's at a normal place. He's you know he's beautiful. Oh, he, oh, there you go. There you go. He's a kid. He is at a private school that charges $45,000 per year. Yeah, that's not that bad. Uh, I was doing this thing, uh, Tweets from the Future, mm-hmm. and, uh, and I, was, I said this thing, uh, Baron Trump converts to Islam, Tweets from the Future. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Uh, but yeah, I think, uh, you know, that, so that's that's uh, an issue. But yeah, that little bit of money, taking little bits and like targeting and investing in places in our country, yeah, like bridges, taking that forty-five million dollars, rebuilding a bridge that is highly trafficked for commerce. 
if a bunch of trucks have to avoid a certain bridge, that takes up time for them to get from point A to point B, which is just goes right down the, the yeah. line of, of how business works. Well, to be fair, um, this has been an issue for well over multiple decades of public officials using taxpayer money for things that could probably be better used other places. For example, even politicians in New York City, there's been multiple scandals in terms of, you know, uh, politicians basically misappropriating funds to eat at expensive restaurants. And that sort of stuff has been happening all the time. This is a Obviously, hey, is a very, guy's got to eat. This yeah. is a very yeah. egregious <laughs> example, but it's certainly not the first example of Paul. It's it's right. kind of like Donald Trump takes everything that people have been kind of pissed off for a while and then just trumps it up to where you're like, well, this is fucking ridiculous. Well, yeah. like, but is wasn't Obama doing the same thing, though? You know, devil's that wasn't he like going on vacation? It would cost us however many million dollars and we didn't know. No, I mean, uh, yes, he, of course. There's always the power. The president, though, is always going to be expensive, no yeah. matter what. It, it, there's no real we got to take care of our president. Yeah, you got to. And he's got kids, and the kids go off and do these meetings, and they're going to cost money no matter what. Yeah. I think, but to your general point, though, is these little chunks of millions of dollars yeah. could be rerouted if we just think about the problem and solution first mm-hmm. as opposed to our egos if they right. if they just chose to live in the White House and homeschool Baron Trump, we could have saved. Lord knows by now, New York City could have saved well over a hundred million dollars. Oh, easily. Yeah, yeah. Which I is mean, insane to me. But that's our that's our fault for electing this man. Is, yeah. <laughs> so we were going to go through the entire cabinet. Oh, obviously it would take five we, days to. We do only that. got through two, <laughs> which is very interesting. So maybe we should do this again. Yeah, we'll just keep going. And then we, then we can uh, we can slowly because break down the everything. labor secretary's out of there now, and yeah. he's going to uh, nominate uh, the first Hispanic member of his cabinet, Acosta. Yeah. So there's a lot. So of stuff This happening. is good. It's been a very good learning experience for me. I hope it has been for other people. I hope I'm not the only ill-informed person out there listening to this show. But uh, you know, it's uh, I mean, I I've been learning. I've been doing good. But it's nice to sit down and really just break it down really tightly. If I could give one piece of advice to everyone out there, it's two parts. Smoke weed, watch C-SPAN. C-SPAN? C-SPAN. All right. The, no fake news. What's the best place to find non-skewed left or right news? Doug, you just watch the raw feed from C-SPAN. I mean, who's got the time? Come I on, did. give me another option. <laughs> That's not going to happen. This whole world is going to start watching C-SPAN. Listen, well, th- there was an excellent graphic that has been shared a lot about, uh, which I'm going to bring up here. Maybe we could link it in our Facebook yeah, group. Yeah, this is good. About, the uh, Hill. I was going to say The Hill and The Economist I like a lot. Yeah. And, of course, uh, international news is good to consume, too. So Al Jazeera, BBC, and then also uh, I have the AP News app, which is the Associated Press, so you're getting the straight facts. Yeah of what is happening from a variety of journalistic sources. Yeah, I would say, like, AP and Reuters are good for, like, you know, the the data and the feed and, like, the news and stuff that's coming up. If you want to get, like, a little bit more of, like, a point of view, I think The Economist and The Hill are actually really good because they, I guess this graphic shows that they skew a little bit conservative, but I kind of like that because it's, like, it's uh, a little bit against my core values, so Mm -hmm. I like to hear what an opposing side Mm -hmm. has to say, but they're not... Ideologues. Who should we be staying away from? Just so we know. 
Oh, I mean, I think the I mean, obviously Breitbart on the far right. I don't What are some far left stuff that Huff, I need? I don't Huffington Post. Yeah, I don't read Huffington Post. Really? I should just stop listening to Huff stop reading that. Yeah, if you read it, read it just for like oh, entertainment. And yeah, shit. entertainment. This is my this is the opinion of the left. Yeah. Right? MSNBC is very similar. Like I'll watch MSNBC, but it's like I just like hearing my my platform shouted. Yeah. <laughs> and I, you know, that that helps. But if I'm like I mean, I was a subscriber to The Economist. Yeah. And I read it all the time. Uh, Foreign Policy Magazine, I'm a subscriber to that as well. I also like The Wall Street Journal. Yeah. Okay. I've been doing a lot of uh, Guardian. That's my new go to. Guardian's good. Uh, they're like a little bit on the left, right? They're like left of center. I need a little bit. I need a little bit to the left. But just... The Economist is super boring, but it's great. I think it's the best, frankly. Yeah. Also, NPR has been doing a really good job. Fresh Air has been doing a really fantastic job mm. of interviewing uh, various experts in regards to the Trump. Uh, nominations for cabinet and of course I think NPR has always done excellent work but then again I am a stereotype of myself yes <laughs> all right guys but, well I, I I think this has been a good episode I think it's nice it's been good to get back in here start swinging again Cena I love you what do you got going on anything fun when you uh March 1st or no that? two things next Thursday I'm filling in for Dino Badala again on nice. XM noon to one Channel 121. And then March 1st, I'm moderating a panel on the executive branch uh, at Cloud City in Williamsburg. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, ben Kissel will be on the panel as well. Oh, a couple wow. Of the comedians as well. So. That's really cool. That's really yeah. cool. It's cloudcity.nyc for details. Nice. And at Cena John, I had a tweet, guys, this week that had 5,000 likes Whoa. and 1,000 retweets. Whoa. Ooh. Congrats. So I quit my job. <laughs> <laughs> Does this mean you're famous now? Yeah, I'm fucking huge now. I got an extra like 10 followers because of that. Ooh. Yeah, I'm going to break 1,000 before 2020. Oh, yeah. And uh, I'm Ed Larson, and uh, you can catch me on uh, Twitter and Instagram at uh, Eddie Tunes, uh, underscore for Twitter, no underscore for Instagram. And uh, Mary at uh, Mary J. Bulge. Mm-hmm. MJ Bulge on Instagram. And, of course, we are coming to you from the studios of Cave Comedy Radio. You can find this podcast and other great podcasts not only on your local podcast directory, but also on cavecomedyradio.com. Best goddamn comedy network of podcasts that you'll ever find, man. I'll tell you, I really love what we do over here at Cave Comedy Radio. Uh, it, it is, uh, it's, we're a self-starter. We got no one looking out for us. We know got, you know, <laughs> our, we created our own big names. Henry Zabrowski, Ben Kissel, Marcus Parks. You know, we're a fucking grassroots organization. Please, Listen to all the shows on Cave Comedy Radio. They're all badass. We all care about each other. And uh, that's uh, that's about it, man. Uh, taking us out today is Sharon Jones. Uh, this Land is Your Land, the Woody Guthrie classic. And rest in peace, baby. We love you so much. Sharon Jones.
Rack your look for spring at Nordstrom Rack and save up to 60% on brands you love. Rag & Bone, Vince, Marc Jacobs, Adidas, Joes, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. Score new dresses, denim, sandals, designer bags, and sunglasses, plus updates for the family and home. Get your spring on for less, up to 60% less, today at your Nordstrom Rack store. What will you find? Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.